everybody. Welcome to our show. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. This is a podcast for and about the town we love. And now we're talking Darian. Hello. Welcome to our 2021 political candidate interview series. I took over Taylor's intro. (laughs) It's funny handing the reins over on that one. Um, Yeah, we're excited. This fall, we opened our studio to candidates running for office on November 2nd in the contested races of Board of Selectmen and Board of Education. Uh, We set some pretty strict ground rules. We told everybody they would receive the same seven questions two days in advance. Uh, We promised them no commentary by us uh, of any kind during the the interview. And we gave them the right to final review and approval before publication of their interview. That's right. And every candidate got back to us. Everyone was very considerate. We appreciate that. Uh, But the Democrats across the board have declined to participate. And there'll be no commentary, as Taylor said, but I have to give you one here. I, it's just my personality. I'm, I'm genuinely disappointed about that. Um, if you're going to be in an office and running for office, we've got to sit down together. We have to keep talking. We have to try harder and put ourselves in these uncomfortable situations. So um, I appreciate those that are coming in. I know it is a new medium, and I hope you guys enjoy this on your own time. Yeah, I hope it's helpful. Here we go. Hello, today is October 11th, and today we have Marcy Minnick with us, a candidate for the Selectman's Race. Hi, Marcy. Hi, girls. Good to be here today. Yeah, thanks for coming in the studio. This is fun for us to uh, get to interview you guys because it's a different medium. You know, we saw the the LWV, um, right? Is that it? League of Women Voters. League of Women Voters. I know you guys all went yeah. on that, and then I know you guys are hopefully going to do stuff in the newspaper, but this is another medium, so sure. thanks for coming on. Sure, and the more people that get to hear the voices and educate themselves on voting this year is... Uh, is, is best for the community. So glad to be here. Appreciate it. All, All right. right. You want to kick it off, Liz? Yeah, I'll kick it off. I like right. that. Let me go right it and start drilling you here, Marcy. Sure. Um, first question here, pretty basic one, um, but going right to it. Why do you want to be selectman? So I've um, gotten gov- got involved in legislative government a couple of years back and um, became very passionate about the process and certainly passionate about um, working for constituents. And when the uh, RTC started to put together a, a board um, of candidates, I, I knew right there that there was a hole in um, my demographic of, of younger uh, constituents in town. So I, I wanted to add some diverse reputation, uh, um, some diverse representation to that. And with my background and what I do professionally, as well as who I am in community, I, I knew this was a good opportunity and that I could be a real voice for, for the people of Darien. I like it. Wait, by the way, Marcy, have you been uh, in, involved now in government for a while? So I've been on the RTC here in town, or I'm sorry, the RTM here in town for... Um, That's I'm going a representative town meeting. Representative town meeting, which, you know, it's it's like... It's like Darien Congress. Nothing, okay. nothing goes past. No, nothing gets passed in, in this town without going through that that body. Okay. Um, I've been part of that now. I'm going in my fourth year. I've been on planning, zoning, and housing, uh, which is a you know a pretty active committee. Um, certainly, over the last few years, we've been doing a lot of work with a, a you know a lot of the growth in town and a, and a lot of the um, policies that could possibly coming down from Hartford. So it's active, and that that you know, kind of got me very much engaged. But on, on a larger scale, I'm um, on a committee. I'm, I own a manufacturing company in Milford, and I've been um, very active in legislative and policymaking for small businesses, and in particular in the manufacturing sector. So when I got engaged in that, that um, association, I uh, became part of their legislative committee. And that took me to Hartford quite a bit to, um, you know, really be a strong voice for the manufacturing sector and and um, small businesses. So 
that's where my passion started. You know, I started to see policies that were making. I started to see the impact of what it was like to have a, a professional voice and um, and how that can kind of, you know, make some real differences. Excellent. And that you kind of tried it into it already, but our second question is what makes you most qualified for this position? So I am a CEO of a multi-generational manufacturing company. I've been uh, working for uh, our family business out of Milford, which we are a CNC manufacturing company. What that is, is we don't really have a product line. We just have um, a bunch of really, a bunch of uh, different uh, companies, uh, larger larger sector companies that will reach out to us and have them manufacture certain parts or components to whatever their their body of whatever they're making. So um, I took on that role about seven years ago when my dad stepped off, and it was a it's a very challenging time. It's a challenging time to run a business in Connecticut. It's a challenging time to be a manufacturer in Connecticut. Uh, one of the largest challenges that we have is how do we bring this into the next generation. Um, you know, we had an outward migration of people that were in the manufacturing industry, in particular, you know, machinists. Uh, they moved to other states because the cost of living is so much lower and the need for their, their skill is so much higher. So they've left and uh, we stopped training in, in, in the trade schools and in, in the um, regular high schools. So the body that's coming out of new employees is, is small. That, that gives me a unique challenge because I have another generation that's moving out. So how do I make sure that I attract the best of the best when there are such limited numbers of, of those um, you know, candidates that are out there? So I started to, like I said, really lobby and go into the different trade schools and go into the different high schools and try to recruit um, the next generation. There was also a huge shift in technology over the last seven years, which um, you know many people don't know, but just think about your your iPhones or just think about your TVs or just think about your um, electronic systems that you have in your homes, how much they have advanced. Well, the same thing is happening in machining. We've gone from um, you know basic CNC machining to now things like um, 3D printers and um, or robotics. So I've had to keep abreast of, of the changing business climate, the changing manufacturing climate, which I think is very parallel to what's happening here in Darien. There's a tremendous amount of change that's happening, and you really need somebody who's able to navigate that change and understand the benefits and understand the challenges. Thanks, Marcy. That's You're great. Welcome. Yeah. It's really neat to hear about the, your, your business, too. Um, <clears throat> Number three, what is your plan to address the flooding our community has experienced recently? Sure. So I think one of the important things is for every to, uh, everybody to understand why these floods are happening. Um, Darien has kind of got a unique uh, you know, land, um, land layout. We have five different bodies of water that all feed into our, our Long Island Sound, which makes you know, a, lot of our, a lot of our land um, in flood zones. And those flood zones are starting to... Uh, expand what what was you know a flood zone um, 40 years ago as a result of what's happening with climate change and what's happening with the increased rain they've changed and they've become larger and much more impactful um, I also you know realized that the last two storms that we had in Darien were um, they were a national they were an emergency they were not you know just oh it's raining and all of a sudden Darien flooded these these were torrential storms that, that had a huge impact on us. I, I experienced very similar impact at my business in Milford, which we've been there for 60 years and I've never had an, even an inch of water in my, in my, in my building. And I walked in on that Thursday morning and there was five feet. 
So, you know, um, I, I, I am incredibly sympathetic and, and, um, compassionate for those who have been affected by this. And it's, it's personal to me as too. So I can start by saying that second, something definitely needs to be done. Um, the town is got, you know, um, some issues with, with, uh, the new, the new buildings and, um, the new developments that are happening where we have an opportunity to make some of these changes as these developments are happening. So, um, I certainly, you know, want to put some pressure on planning and zoning to make sure that they really take a deep dive and look into this. Currently our zoning, uh, is at a 50 year flood plan. So, you know, a new building comes up, they have to make sure that, um, it's mitigated for flooding up to 50 years. I think it's time that we, we think about making an adjustment on that because a 50 year flood is now a five year flood and, um, a 200 year flood is now a 100 year flood and, and so on and so on. So I, I would advocate to, to change those um, policies and those zoning laws to go more to, to a hundred year flood. And then we need to take a, um, we need to organize a committee and we need to take a look at, um, our, our maintenance, our maintenance on our, 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 um, our sewage system, our maintenance on our drainage system, and uh, find the holes and and do that uh, with with the intent that we're going to find a problem and we're going to fix it um, as best as we can with you know some real deep dives and looks into it. So great, thank you. And aside from that, aside from flooding, what are three other top priority items for your administration? So um, public safety is, a, is certainly at the top of our agenda. I think uh, many of us have experienced either within knowing a neighbor or within, you know, somebody that's in your town or a friend of yours, um, some, of, some of the issues with, with the cars being broken into or being stolen. Uh, you know, we tried to put a campaign together, and I, and I saw this weekend that the police department was uh, out and about really actively campaigning for lock your cars. Um, and I, I think there is some merit to that. I think there is an accountability, a personal accountability to make sure that you lock your cars. But there's also some issues, right? We are we are vulnerable in the sense that we are an insulated town and uh, our crime rates are relatively low compared to the surrounding communities. So we are a little bit less, um, you know, uh, less active and, and a little bit uh, naive. Um, so that's certainly uh, you know one portion of the public safety aspect that I, that I think that we need to really have some conversations about why this is happening in our communities, why we're being targeted, and how we how we put a good defense on that, and certainly supporting the police department and, and having these conversations with them to do back research is, is imperative. Um, sidewalks and and you know certainly the, 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 uh, erratic driving that's happening in town is something that I hear on the sidelines at soccer games all the time, right? You hear people blowing through stop signs and, and driving 65 miles an hour down Hoyt street and people are upset and, and nervous for their kids. We've seen a huge increase in walkers and bikers in town, certainly over the last 18 months, because people have become accustomed to not, um, you know, doing carpools and they say to their kid, oh, you know, just walk. And, and I love that. Yeah, I love great. that in a community. It's, it's healthy living. Um, but I don't think that the drivers have really responded to that just yet. So that's a second campaign that really needs to happen. We really need to look at, um, and, and keep people accountable for, for, for irresponsible driving. Um, 
And then certainly the safety of our families and um, the safety that they feel on all different measures. Uh, we've had this you know, fantastic influx of um, new families moving into town and certainly an influx in minority families that are moving to town. And we've had some deep, deep issues that have, have transpired over the last six months that are difficult conversations and eye-opening conversations for so many families, certainly my own. You know, being a family of um, color, my husband is um, black, and I have certainly biracial children. It's uh, it's been top conversation in our house since uh, the George Floyd, um, uh, you know, the George Floyd incidents, and it keeps we keep talking, we keep talking, and we keep thinking about the impact of our community, and we keep thinking about the impact of us as a family, and how we could um, address them, and how we can have open dialogue and open conversations. And, you know, that's that's another reason that I've stepped on this board and um, would, you know, like to like to be a candidate. I mean, diversity and inclusion are um, something that Darian is, uh, I wouldn't say we're struggling, but I think it's certainly something that we're cautious about uh, having these conversations. So um, it, it is also a top priority for me. I like that. Thanks, Marcy. It's nice to hear. Um, I'm going to shift gears here. Sure. And ask you about marijuana. Would you support marijuana being sold in Darien now that it's legal? Sure. So um, currently, right now, there is a moratorium on the sales of marijuana in in Darien. I I understand it's I understand it's it's legal. It's a recreationally legal substance now. Um, but Darien doesn't really have the right zoning laws to allow this distribution in our town. And, um, you know, going forward, they will have the opportunity to make those decisions. And I think that with more research, we can come up with what's the right fit for Darien. As of right now, it's, um, it's not an option. Um, we've, we've got laws uh, within our moratorium that are stopping that from happening. And, and when that moratorium expires um, and the conversation needs to happen, I think planning and zoning along with uh, constituents will, will, will make that decision. Thanks. And I think we kind of went in reverse order accidentally. I'm going to go back to number five. Do you support the recent vote by the legislature extending Governor Lamont's emergency powers? <laughs> um, so I, I, I understand um, when these executive powers first came in, in order back in, uh, I guess, March, and then they were extended again, I think, in, um, I can't remember. March 2020? March 2020 is when they first came in in order. And I think again, and that summer, uh, they were thus again extended. And now, you know, in September, end of September, they were again. September 2021. September 2021. And I think he's, I think that we're overstepping um, his powers at this point. I, you know, the state of Connecticut has done a fantastic job on um, mitigating and and kind of navigating what's happened with COVID. And uh, I think it's time for the legislation and time for the Senate to start making those decisions. Um, I think they're capable and competent. I think each and every town has very different uh, systems very different, certainly vaccination rates, certainly different um, measurements. I mean, even now you can go from one town to another and the laws within the town are totally different. And, and I, I support that. I mean, that's how government works, right? Each each body is separate and, and towns need the right now um, to be able to make 
choices that are best for their town. So I think it was an overreach um, and I and I didn't support it. And I was disappointed that um, the legislation that has been currently elected did. All right. Well, now that uh, I've once again failed in math here, Marcy, <laughs> I seem to do this to Taylor. We, I jump around question. She's going to kill me. Um, got final question for you. What evidence do you see that Hartford would like to control local decision-making and what would you do about it? So we saw a lot of um, policy and a lot of legislation that came down, um, you know, in the last two years at at the legislative body that uh, were certainly of concern. You know, we've seen some zoning laws, we've seen some um, regionalization of education laws, and we know that this is in the back of mind of some of the lead legislators that are up in Hartford. And my gut is this is not going to stop. Um, Connecticut has constantly been a focus on the way we have designed our communities and the way that we've kept small town control. So you look at other states like New York, um, and you look at how they've um, created their, their their school systems into counties. And we have people that are leaving those counties and moving here to Connecticut because they're wanting the small community. They're wanting, you know, local control. They're wanting small community schools. They're wanting decision to make their decisions on, on their zoning laws. And um, they're disappointed on what they saw. I mean, think of all the New Yorkers that have moved to town. And why did somebody from Manhattan choose to move to Connecticut versus moving to somewhere in Westchester County? This is why they chose here because they, they don't have the zoning control and they don't have the, the school control in those counties that, that we do here. Um, so it's dangerous. It's, it's, it's dangerous. And uh, I can't think of any areas that it's been successful and certainly not um, for a town like Darien where we um, are, are very uh, strategic and, and very intricate and very thought provoked um, when we make these decisions for, for our communities. But have you seen evidence of that, though, in your time? As the, you've been on the RTM, you said, for four years. Have you seen evidence of Hartford trying to? Uh, well, I said that a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, there has been plenty of plenty of bills in the last three months that, that are showing that uh, that is the intent. That is what is happening. There's an overreach. Um, and Hartford really wants to take a deep dive into Darien and and mix with our structure. So three years, you mean, maybe three years. Yeah. yeah. Last, what did I say? Three months. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, the last three years. I mean, we've been, you know, even, even at the, at the business level of things, uh, policies that have been, that have been made for small businesses are an overreach that are coming from Hartford. Um, you know, we just went to, went to, uh, went to bat for another bill that, um, you know, kind of was an overreach of Hartford on, on family businesses um, that we worked adamantly on, on kind of changing the trajectory of it. And hopefully they're listening, right? Hopefully they're listening. So. I like it. Thanks for letting me come back at you with that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, it, the floor is yours. Do you have any final statements before we wrap this up? Um, I just, you know, I, I, I want to go back to what I kind of talked about with, um, the issues of diversity and inclusion in town. You know, I, I hope, I hope people will have the opportunity to read my opt-ed because this is certainly an area that, um, brings a sensitive topic to my family. And I, I know there's people, um, within our community that are, are hurting right now and confused over 
over who Darian and is and what we stand for. And I want to take this opportunity to say that um, Darian is and will continue to be a welcoming community. Um, we we adore and we are very excited about um, the diversity that is coming to town. And uh, we are embracing and want to be inclusive and certainly having our community learn more about our neighbors. You know, I envisioned um, what's going to happen with the new developments downtown and what a beautiful asset to that is to the community. And as I've been, you know, having conversations with friends across the aisle on both ways, like, how do you view this space? What do you see happening? And I just personally, I view it as a, as a real place to have community outreach. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, a wonderful woman in town, an artist, Nobu, had put together a small art presentation and rolled out, um, um, you know, a new diversity program here in town. And I, I see all the fine work that's being done by the YWCA. And I hope that we could continue to do that. There are so many opportunities for learning and experience and cultural growth. And, um, you know, as, as a selectman, that is going to be my focus to, to bring that to the table. And we have this great space to be able to do it. I mean, whether there's art presentations or, you know, cultural experiences, food or food, food trucks and, and, and stuff that we can really bring the community together to, to teach our children and to teach ourselves that, um, diversity is a, is a beautiful thing and it's, it's a great learning experience for all of us. So. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Marcy. Marcy. You're welcome. Thanks for being with us today, and we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me today, ladies. Yeah, good luck. Mm-hmm.